Tonight, fresh controversy erupts in Parliament of a 7 billion CD tax waiver, bringing total exemptions being sought by the government to 12 billion CDs. The NDC minority has vowed to resist it. Here you are, wanting to grant 12.5 billion Ghana CDs to uh, your friends and your family members in the name of tax exemptions and the 1D1F. At the same time, you are imposing taxes to the tune of 11 billion. I mean, can you just oppose the two? We're hearing from the trade minister who has been putting up a strong defense. If he says uh, it doesn't make sense to him, I'm beginning to wonder whether his own mathematics, his own arithmetic um, uh, uh, makes any sense. And Top Story is always brought to you by Vodafone. The minority in parliament is tonight revealing how the finance ministry is seeking more than 7 billion CDs in fresh tax exemptions in addition to another 5.5 billion CD exemption requests already pending. The total of 12 billion CD in tax exemption requests are all before the Finance Committee of Parliament with a minority blocking the approval of the initial 5.5 billion. Now speaking to journalists in Parliament today, the ranking member on the Trade and Industry Committee, Yusuf Suleimana, said their side will not allow these exemptions to go through without a fight considering the current economic crisis. The unfortunate thing is that whilst we are taxing the poor Ghanaian to raise this revenue we are also at the same time granting tax waivers to friends and, uh, if you like, uh, family members. For instance, we have about 5.5 billion tax exemptions waiting at the finance committee for exemptions. We have also been reliably informed, and we are speaking because we have seen documents that suggest that they are bringing another 7 billion uh, tax waivers request. To parliament now if you put the two together you are talking about 12.5 billion uh uh ghana city tax exemptions okay here you are wanting to grant 12.5 billion ghana cities to uh your friends and your family members in the name of tax exemptions and the 1d1f at the same time you are imposing taxes to the tune of 11 billion I mean, can you just oppose the two? You are taxing the common Ghanaian, the poor Ghanaian, to raise 11 billion for your development agenda for the 2024 uh, financial year. At the same time, you are ready to exempt 12.5 uh, million uh, Ghana city to your friends and to your, to your family members. We think that it doesn't make sense to us. And so we are saying that the taxes are uh, 
uh, bills that they are going to introduce in this particular budget who face some safe uh, opposition. We will not sit down and allow them to impose taxes on our people. Already we all know where we are. I mean, taxes have collapsed so many businesses. People are running from this country to neighboring countries to go and do business. You cannot to be seen on one hand imposing taxes on your poor people and also giving tax exemptions to uh, your friends and your, your, your family members. Let me tell you, my brother, how on earth will government want to introduce a regressive tax like a tax system where people who are using Okada, people who are using Pajia, people who are using these small, small vehicles are going to pay a hundred Ghana city per annum. At the same time, you are asking people who are using big vehicles like V8 and what have you, also paying hundred Ghana city annually. It doesn't make sense. That is what we refer to as a regressive tax system. And when you impose a regressive tax system on your people, you are not satisfying what we call the equity principle of taxation. Okay? Again, for instance, they are saying that we're going to, they're going to tax Ghanaians to pay uh, a tax they call uh, carbon dioxide uh, tax, where per every tonnage, you are going to pay an amount of 100 Ghana CD. How they are going to measure this, only God knows. So, you see, you don't copy just by looking at what others do. Other countries, they have introduced this uh, kind of tax to ensure that the green uh, environment system they are talking about becomes a reality. But you don't just copy and copy it blindly. What mechanisms have you put in place to be able to measure the carbon that you want to uh, even tax? So again, what you are going to see is that they look into your face and say that the carbon that you have generated is 20 tons. Multiply that by 10, okay, by 100, and then they take money from you. And they look at another person's face and say that, oh, this guy, uh, he is uh, a party person, uh, he has done only five. So you multiply 100 by five, and he also pays that. That again doesn't satisfy the principles of taxation we call equity or certainty. And quickly to be clear, and I'm bringing in my parliamentary correspondent now who's on the line with me. Quickly to be clear, this uh, uh, 7 billion that we're hearing from the minority now, it, it's separate from the 5.5 uh, billion that was initially the basis for the minority's rejection of the 2024 budget. Yes, that 5.5 billion has not been approved. It's been at the Finance Committee for so many months. In fact, at one point, it forced the Minister for Trade and Industry to file an urgent question to ask the chairman of the committee, who is a member of his own party, why the requests are not being processed at the finance committee level. And so this new $7 billion that the minority say act is coming in in the coming days, and they're vowing to fight it. It's completely different from it. But Evan, I caught up with Katie Yamond, who is a minister in charge of trade and industry, who has been processing some of these tax waiver requests to the finance ministry for onward um, 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 forwarding to, to parliament. He says... The, the, the minority claims about the waiver request they are putting out clearly do not hold water. And that, as far as government is concerned, 1D1F is so crucial that if you do not give out these exemptions as something to use them to bring in their own money, that no foreign entity will be willing to put their money in your economy. Well, if he says uh, it doesn't make sense to him, I'm beginning to wonder whether his own mathematics, his own arithmetic, um, uh, 
makes any sense. I, I don't know the figures that he's talking about. I haven't looked at the figures. But of course, there's a policy. And this is a policy. Um, there is an exemption act enacted by this parliament. There's also a policy that has been formulated by government, and it is to this extent. It's actually to buttress the point I've been making all along, hence my, uh, my ally, um, which uh, to some extent is to encourage uh, home uh, production, uh, to boost our own uh, production, home production, and of course uh, to facilitate our, our development. I have never seen any country in the world that has ever developed on the back of uh, imports, uh, imports only. Um, uh, you locally produce, you uh, exhaust uh, local consumption, and in the process, expand and then export. That way the economy is expanded, the balance of uh, payment is uh, accordingly boosted. Uh, so um, there is um, a, a specific government policy to ensure that um, local production is encouraged. Hence our 1D1F. Now embedded in the 1D1F uh, initiative program is the fact that uh, those companies which have uh, managed to raise some money from uh, whatever capital source that they have and uh, they have decided that they have the confidence in the Ghanaian economy and they have decided to invest in the economy, they are to be incentivized. And uh, one of the ways in which we intend to incentivize them is to grant them uh, exemptions. It is done everywhere, just like in the agricultural area, um, equipment, uh, those other uh, facilities are granted zero um, exemption. Uh, Garment and Texas Limited, uh, they have had some uh, exemption for some time now. I mean, the last uh, budget, I myself made sure that uh, there was an extension um, uh, of uh, the facility that is granted them. It's all over the place. It's a kind of exemption that is given to these companies to ensure uh, that they're able to boost uh, the, the productive capacity in the country. It may be a case where he may have identified, I'm not sure, whatever, whatever instance he may have uh, um, identified that the, those people are not uh, worthy of uh, um, uh, the exemption he's talking about. And, and, and Kweku, what about the 12 billion CD charge? At the time when, of course, the exemption, 12 billion CDs as a minority is alleged. At a time when uh, government is seeking to raise 11 billion CDs in taxes. What is his position on that specifically? Well, Katie Amon says that that is how economies are run. Some amount of money, regardless of how huge the minority may think it is, will simply go out and that government will still have to raise revenue. And so because government is giving out exemptions and still trying to rake in taxes, does not mean that government is doing anything underhand and that the, the, the ranking member is simply going all over the place to try and create a bad name for the government. Uh, an economy is run in a particular way. Um, he says that, well, you're giving this away and you're asking Ghanaians to pay this much. Well, uh, in, in, in the end, uh, what is the, the effect? What is the, the cascading effect, the boomerang effect of the policy that government has put in place to ensure the rejuvenation of uh, the, the economy uh, by way of uh, local uh, production? That is the measure of uh, assessment of uh, the, um, the policy that has been put in place. It's not a matter of simply isolating one figure and just opposing that figure against another one. But uh, let's see the logic in this argument. I will have a good look at the figures. I will get the Minister of Finance and our team to sit down, sanitize the figures, and uh, um, see where, where, where it all ends up. It is true, it has been, uh, been bogged up. The issue of uh, um, 
Exemption has been bogged up in the, the this parliament. Oh, the parliament, well, I mean, again, I think at the committee level for a very long time. Long, long before, in fact, since 2021, there has been a struggle, one struggle after the other. The economic, uh, economic, uh, what do you call it, the finance committee of parliament is not even sitting on this matter to discuss this thing. We had a lot of run-ins. We had several arguments on the floor. You, you guys have heard us, uh, you know, on this matter. But one way or the other, uh, we, we've got to sanitize it. It's a policy of government, a deliberate policy um, to encourage uh, local production and uh, a transformation of our economy um, uh, to purposely give out, uh, as I said, incentivize them by uh, the facility we're talking about, the exemption. Um, if it is a case that some individuals are abusing the system, of course we, we would recognize all that for what it's worth. But it's not for a ranking member to just um, run amok. Well, government has another challenge, not only the minority challenge that we're currently hearing and the resistance that it vowed to put up, they, there's also the IMF challenge because we are on the IMF program and the IMF program is very explicit on what government can and cannot do uh, with tax exemptions. My colleague Kofi joins me right now with details of this. Now, Kofi, if you read the IMF program document that we signed up for, mm. what does it say about tax exemptions? Are we allowed to do what we're currently doing, 12 billion CDs? Yeah, so Evans, the IMF Fiscal Affairs Department team were here and they perform some tax diagnostic mission uh, and they identify some of the measures that they feel that we can use to generate more revenue. And one of the measures they actually spoke about is the removal of VAT exemptions. So according to them, if we look at the VAT exemption that as a country we give out, it's around 2% of GDP. So we decided to do the math compared to the current data and we are looking at somewhere more than 17.1 billion Ghana cities. And if you convert to dollars, we are looking at close to $2 billion. So, so the VAT exemptions alone, according to the IMF's own you know, workings, exactly. is costing us some $17 billion. Exactly. If you put that in context, this year alone, as we've seen the conversation mm. we've been having, before the finance committee is 12 billion CDs worth of exemptions. But that's not all. Mm -hmm. The IMF document is replete with several provisions in there that explicitly says government should not be doing this. Yeah. So if you look at not just VAT, what I just looked at was just VAT, which is costing us about VAT exemption, 17 billion. But there's also reduction in customs exemptions also there in the IMF program. Mm, the IMF program is explicit, explicit that government should exactly, reduce exactly. Uh, custom it's, exemptions. It's, it's in there. And government itself also told the IMF certain things that they were going to do which they said they were going to reduce the number of tax exemptions that they give out to companies in order to raise more revenue. But we've been looking at the, the same IMF program and in 2023 this year, VAT exemptions, removal, plus other tax exemptions, about eight of them, is supposed to add about 1% of GDP to our revenue. If we do the math, we are looking at close to $9 billion dollars uh, 9 billion, uh, you know, uh, Ghana cities is supposed to add to our revenue. If we are able to do the removal of tax exemption, VAT tax exemption, plus other eight tax measures that is identified in the IMF program. If you are able to do all of these things, 
we can add about 9 billion Ghana CDs to our revenue in 2023 this year. I want to bring in uh, Professor Goffrey Bokwing, and uh, this is a subject that he has been talking about, researching. Uh, he joins us right now. He's an economist also with the University of Ghana Business School. Uh, Prof, so 12 billion CDs currently in total exemptions that the government is seeking currently before the Finance Committee. We've just been detailing what the IMA program says about this. First of all, give me your reaction to the revelation tonight that apart from the 5.5 billion that we spoke about uh, a few weeks back, there's also an additional 7 billion that government has brought before the Finance Committee seeking approval for. Yes, Ima, good evening and good evening to our cherished listeners. This is how Ghana majors on the minor. Uh, Ima, if you remember last year when government proposed e levy, with all the exemplified projections about how much we could get from e levy, 6 billion and the rest of them, we did analysis and said that look, we were losing far more than that through exemptions. So why not close the exemption regime, rationalize it, make it more efficient? The savings from there will be more than enough to, to close the revenue gap that E-Levy uh, was going to do. The government said no. And we predicated E-Levy as though that was our uh, uh, salvation anchor. Then what happened? Okay, so, and if you look, if you put all exemptions together, how much Ghana loses annually, it goes more than 5% of GDP. And that is why the IMF program has identified exemptions as one of the uh, key issues that we need to resolve in order to preserve our revenue base. There is a reason for that. If you look at the 2019 State of the uh, Ghanaian uh, uh, State of the Nation address. Our own president told us what exemption is doing to our revenue base, and that by uh, 2018, Ghana lost more than 4.66 billion CDs through one aspect of exemption alone. Yes, of course, the conventional wisdom in using the exemptions in some cases, but we are not doing it efficiently. And we are not benefiting from the idea that tax expenditures can be used to engineer growth, job rich growth, job creation in certain critical sectors of the economy. It's more of abuse. It's more of abuse. So it's unfortunate. We are back to this discussion. We, we spoke about this last year, two years ago, 2018, 2019. Our own president spent a, a, a precious time addressing the country, talking about exemptions. Here we are again. But, but you, you listen to the trade minister. He was very clear that he had to do a cost-benefit analysis. And his conclusion is these entities that we are giving the 12 billion CD exemptions to, they deserve it because in the long run, the economy will benefit. And that these how, are incentives that you... Track, how do they track the, the, the immediate and the long-term benefit? How do they track it? Who, who will be monitoring it? The others who don't get those exemptions, are they not in here for our long-term economic benefit also? What is the criteria for selecting the beneficiaries? So, well, so from, from, from what we know, from, from what we know, these are companies under the 1D1F. And, and, and you, look, you can't there, deny that look, it's essential I, to have them. There is considerable level of abuse in the name of 1D1F. 
politically abused. We are taking advantage of important uh, interventions to milk the system. This is what we are doing. The point is that if it's that good, why not rather close the gap, uh, deploy that revenue efficiently, creating a general uh, macroeconomic environment that is conducive for businesses, whether they are on 1D1F or they are off 1D1F, they are all doing well. You, you mess up the economy, you create frictions, you impose taxes at the port and the rest of them, and you know that no business can compete and survive under such circumstances. And then you want to circumvent that by using exemptions to favor companies, politically motivated companies, on 1D1F in the name of exemptions. I mean, we, 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 we know... a society like that? I mean, Prof, we, we are on an IMF program. We've just detailed what the program says about tax exemptions. But the IMF is quiet, at least publicly, having said anything. What's your reading of, of that whole situation with an IMF program that is very explicit? We've made commitments in that program, and yet government, nonetheless, is going ahead to actually I, I ask for these exemptions. We cannot leave the monetary mechanism to only the IMF. The program review largely is structured every six months or so. But we, you and I, should be more interested in doing the right thing, much more than the IMF. The IMF will not build our economy for us. We are here. So I agree that the IMF would have to respond. Sometimes they are even more diplomatic than one would have expected. But that is up to the IMF. If they will not respond, it's not for me to respond for them. But considering... But importantly... But considering, more, Prof, but considering Prof, that, mm, Prof, considering that it is in the document, this debate has been going on at least when we first got wind of this 5.5 billion. It's been going on for at least the last three weeks. And then there's an addition, additional one uh, today of 7 billion. The IMF certainly has a responsibility uh, to either get a government backing check. Um, and clearly from the fact the government is still pursuing this and the trade minister is defending it, that hasn't happened. Well, it is possible that typically, on the average, the IMF will not, will not come in the public that way and take on the government. It's possible they are working behind the scenes. You know, the, the import restriction bill and the rest of them, uh, the diplomatic community, the international community, they all got concerned. Yeah, no, but they got involved. The IMF was involved in that. In fact, the reason why government pulled out, if you speak to sources, is that the IMF was clear. You can't do this. Yeah, that, that is what I'm saying, that the, the IMF, they have its own uh, channels of communication and the rest of them. Yes, that is fine. It may not be that uh, speedily as one would have expected. But my concern is that we are citizens across the media, academia, CSO, the rest of them. I think we should be more interested in doing the right thing and monitoring the IMF-supported program and even doing more than what is in the program so that together this country can, can have a place within the league of uh, uh, economies in, in Africa and the world. If we build it, it's for us. Uh, Prof, stay with me. I want to quickly bring in uh, Yusuf Suleimana. He's a, uh, the deputy ranking on the Trade and Industry Committee, and he put the story out today about that $7 billion, uh, tax exemption that is currently before uh, the Finance Committee for consideration. Um, Mr. Suleiman, thanks for time here on Top Story. Uh, do we have clarity on when exactly this additional $7 billion tax exemption request came before Parliament? 
Yes, so let me make a clarification here. Uh, what we have before uh, the finance committee is 5.5 billion Ghana cities. But we have also intercepted a document from the Ministry of Finance where they have also uh, put together another 7 billion Ghana cities to be presented to Parliament. And so you put the two together, they are looking at 12.5 billion Ghana city tax exemptions under 1D, 1F, uh, 1D1F program. So that is the state as we speak. Now the 5.5 billion is with the minister, uh, sorry, is with the finance committee. And normally the leadership of the trade committee will have to join the finance committee to discuss such matters. And we have made our position very clear that we do not think that it is right to, to give tax exemptions to some of these companies that they have listed when, in actual fact, we are in dire need of revenue. Today, as we speak, we cannot go out there to borrow. And now we are going to finance our 2024 budget internally. And so it will contradict, I mean, our position that uh, we do not have money. We need to generate uh, revenue locally. At the same time, we want to give these huge tax exemptions to 1D1F companies. You, you, and you we have also realized... I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Mr. Sulemana, this $7 billion, um, you say the financial has prepared it and it's intending to bring it to Parliament. Do you know what is it for? I mean, the $5.5 billion, we know it is for companies under the 1D1F program. What about this? The $7 billion, billion, billion is also uh, for 1D1F uh, program. And I have thrown out this information... If the minister wants to challenge us, he should come and challenge us. Well, the minister spoke to because us. The minister spoke to us, and he's very clear that. So what? So what? I mean, if it's seven billion, he says you need to first do a, a cost-benefit analysis, and in the end, they believe as a government, as a policy, that it is a way of encouraging businesses to thrive in this country it, and to give them incentives. I mean, that is that is their 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 position, and our position is that. The 1D1F program, as we speak to you, has not met its objectives. And so why do we continue to uh, give tax exemptions to 1D1F program, uh, uh, factories? Uh, for instance, we have analyzed the program very well, and we can say for sure that all the objectives that the 1D1F seek to achieve, they have not achieved any one of them. For instance, we're told that once they implement 1D1F, you're going to add value to some of the products that we import so that we will reduce the importation of those imports. Can somebody mention to me one single product that we have reduced its importation as a result of the implementation of 1D1F again? But, but the, minister, the minister will argue back to you that we don't have enough factories precisely because the factories have challenges and they are finding it very difficult to establish as many to get to the point where you're, you're proposing. That's why you need to give them incentives so you can have more in. The interesting thing is that we are not even establishing factories. We are only giving support to existing factories. That also, also contradicts the original intent of 1D1F. And so you don't expect to have new factories or many factories when you are not establishing uh, new ones, but rather giving some kind of stimulus package to existing ones under uh, a system that is not transparent. And so you cannot get results, okay? So let me continue by saying that 
We were told that it would generate employment. I can tell you the employment figures as we speak today after the implementation of 1D1F are rather uh, increasing. Mm. I mean, Mr. Suleiman, just in the interest of time, you've indicated that you're going to resist this. I mean, already there's a fight about the 5.5 billion, but the budget has already been approved. You've lost the initiative on this. And what's the strategy going forward? Hello? The, the budget has already been approved. That's what you're going to use to fight this. You've lost the initiative on this. What's your strategy? No, so, so let's put it right. What we are saying is that we have approved the principle, the budget principle. Now they are coming out with their taxes. And you know normally what we would do is to pass these taxes into acts, okay? And we are saying that if you are insisting that you still go ahead to give tax exemptions to 1D1F companies and at the same time imposing taxes on Ghanaians, you intend to raise about 11, million, 11 billion Ghana City through taxation. And some of the taxes that they are talking about, my brother, are indeed what we refer to as nuisance taxes. And, 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 I, and I, heard you, no, I heard you earlier make that point in, in an interview with my colleague. And so you're saying that you will be fighting when the appropriations come before you for approval. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Prof, what's your expectation of Parliament now? Because it comes down to Parliament to either approve or disapprove. I think uh, this uh, parliament, we were expecting that they would do a better job in the best interest of Ghana, build consensus and the rest of them. But of course, there are several instances where we have been disappointed with the performance of parliament from both minority and then majority. But I think that I agree that in principle, the budget has been passed, but specific bills to anchor the revenue measures and the rest of them will be, will be presented separately. So we will all be monitoring. But I believe that there's, there's a lot more that we can do outside parliament that would also shape the work of parliament when mm. our interest is, is engaged mm. and we continue to monitor. Okay. Prof, thank you very much. And that's uh, Professor Goffrey Buckling. Uh, earlier you had uh, Yusuf Sulemana, who is the deputy ranking on the Trade and Industry uh, Ministry, Newsnight, in a minute.